Hey, everybody. You're not even has been. You never was. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. How's it going? That's Kevin. What's up, yeah? Uh, some, some, I guess, issues to resolve regarding last week's can, podcast. Can we have a public apology, please? Or lack thereof. Well, really. let me give an explanation first. An explanation? An explanation. So, last week we recorded an entire podcast. It went 32 minutes long. And, and it was great. Best we've ever done. It was pretty good. And with about five minutes to go, my laptop signified that it only had 15% of battery. And that's what we record on. By laptop, he means the studio. Yes. Yeah, that's our, our nickname Fancy for studio. Yeah. We just call it the laptop. Our yeah. executive producers, they, uh, they didn't plug it something in on time. Yeah. Or my laptop said there was 15 minutes of battery left. We went five minutes. And I was trying to save it when the computer just shut down. And usually when it just shuts down, it goes into sleep mode and you can just turn it back on and everything pops back up. That did not happen this time. But that's just a theory because it was really our executive producer's fault in our fancy studio. Anyway, my apologies. I know you guys are hankering for some good old Mighty Ducks talk and I deprived you of that really so without any further ado let's get get into it tell me what's our topic today coach jack riley that's right the well-known coach of the hawks very well known famous even internationally so, known i'd say really i think so for peewee hockey team i don't think he's internationally known. locally if he had coached team usa well i bet you there were teams that were trying to poach him all across the world to get them to come coach We'll get into that. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, we can get into it now. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into it now. Why would he not leave? I think he's got a good thing going. He's probably afraid. You know, his his philosophy is it's not worth winning if you can't win big. He doesn't know how to win like close games anymore. So he wait. So he he's afraid to leave the Hawks. He's afraid to leave the Hawks because he might lose. I think I I don't know. I think Riley's like an ultra confident. Ultra competitive dude. If he was an ultra competitive dude, he wouldn't be in the juniors right now. He'd or Pee Wee. He'd be up, going as high as he could. That's true. Yeah. But, but you'd also throw in there that maybe we don't know. Maybe he did take like a ten year, you know. Oh, stint, you think stint in college or what? And he just didn't. It didn't work before. Or, or like maybe he slept with an assistant or something. And so, assist, so he got slept with an back assistant. To the like an Icelandish situation. Like a like a like a uh uh. What assistant would he be sleeping with? Because I'm, I'm thinking well, he's the like kind of guy who maybe he had... like when he was in college, like if, when he got a job in college, oh. mm-hmm. he like okay. hooked up with a you know a, a student assistant or something. So you're you know? saying he would have left a little Bobby Petrino situation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, walk around with a neck brace, go into the news conference after. Well, no, not well. He wasn't on a motorcycle. I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy who would risk uh, his life on a motorcycle without a helmet. I don't know. I think he's smarter than that. I don't know. Clearly not. He got caught uh, doing a student assistant. Well, you can get caught many ways doing a student assistant. Well, he's obviously not smart enough to cover his tracks. Obviously. That's <laughs> true. Wait, so you're saying, so the Hawks have won 19 straight championships. I'm just saying we're not accounting for that fact. Okay. That, that could have happened. So you're, <laughs> but he, you're saying he might have left in the middle of this Hawks run of... Uh, I guess 18 straight. Yeah, and he left it to his, you know, his Mark Budenholzer. That's wrong. All right, moving on. I I'm gonna have to disagree with that. But two anyway, against one. 
So we shall. I'm just arguing against the he's afraid to compete narrative. So, so your narrative of him hooking up with a student assistant at some college level I'm is just much saying, more feasible. Maybe he, <laughs> maybe he went to college and was successful, but got busted back because he had this lewd affair with but the assistant. If, if that that's doesn't... happening, why? Like, why would the Hawks open up? Because he left, and because that new assistant coach... was so successful, he got a job too. And they had no opening. the new coach, the new Hawks coach yeah. left he's at like exact the same time. He's like coaching the Anaheim Ducks from Pee Wee to the pros that, oh, well, for a team that doesn't a, exist okay, yet. Well, then maybe he went to high school or something. All right, I just think that timing. I'm is just too... saying it's possible. <laughs> okay. We're gonna go ahead and ignore the first eight minutes okay. of this cast. Wow. Whatever Kevin rough just said. start, rough start here. Let's try I think to regroup. It's a great start. So at a certain point, we see all the banners in the rink. And, you know, 1973 runner-up. And then there's 1972, and then there's a banner that's blocked. We'll assume it's 1971. But is that when Jack Riley starts coaching the Hawks? Is that 1971? Does he win a state championship the first year? Or is there some building period of the Hawks? So does he just come in and dominate? Yes, that's I mean, my I think, question. I don't know. I think he maybe had a couple rough years prior to. I'd say maybe, at least at least one year. Yeah, it took a couple years to build up. It and, wouldn't surprise and to legally me. Legally recruit the right kids. It wouldn't surprise me if he like the first year they're just not very good, but the second year they just um, they shock some people. They shock people, and then they just make a run in the playoffs in '71. That they just win the championship, and from there they just take off. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So '71 state championship, '72 state championship, '73 Gordon Bombay's penalty shot, and right before Gordon Bombay's penalty shot. Jack Riley says, remember, you're not just letting me down. You're letting the whole team down, too. Good speech to a 10-year-old kid? No. No. I disagree. <laughs> I agree. Why would he say that to Gordon, who's obviously a very fragile child at this point, and really a fragile child all the way through his life? I, 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 see, I, I don't know. With Riley, I think he was like maybe like brought up as like a, a military brat, so he like lacks like the compassion yeah you know like yeah his dad was such a hard ass that now he has to be such a hard ass on every on every all these kids you know so maybe that's what it is or maybe he's not suited for the peewee game i don't know well he's clearly suited for the peewee game he all he does is win except he wrecked fucking gordon bombay for 20 years that's a good point i mean gordon bombay became very successful at some point though he well yeah for most of hockey he could have he could have he could have been one of the greats well yeah he, yeah, but is that Jack Riley's fault or is that Gordon's fault for losing interest in the game? It's a good question. We'll save that for another pod. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it now. Did Jack Riley ruin Bombay's chances of being one of the all-time hockey greats? I'm just saying. I think maybe that one line could have done a number because yeah, like I, mean, I let my whole so, team. I down. agree. Yeah. Oh, at the same time, he went on to Eden Hall. Yeah. So he was still playing hockey. Bombay went on, but he was Hall. coasting. I mean, he was going on his name. You know, he had he had the rep. I mean, he maybe he was a role player at Eden Hall, or maybe when he every was... coach thought that they could pull the potential out of him, but he couldn't because Riley fucked him. Maybe not even a role not player. Him, he just but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kevin's making some lewd hands. Wow. <laughs> but... <laughs> but I think Bombay was um, probably like a hot shot, and he knew it. He probably kind of just. Like in the in the whole lawyer thing was just mm-hmm. win, 
he probably didn't listen to his coaches, and they knew he was just so good. He was like a hot dog, like Dwayne. Well, see, I think the I think that like his persona as a lawyer was him overcompensating, you know, for his failures or his perceived failure as a hockey player, stemming back to Riley, fucking him up in the head. But Riley taught him how to win, and as a lawyer, Bombay wins. And he, he makes win, a lot of but money he wins for like winning. In spite of Riley, as a lawyer, not as a hockey player. So Riley ruined Bombay's hockey career. Well, he mm-hmm. also he might have spurred him to become a successful lawyer. Okay, that's yeah. But, that was but then that also sent Bombay back down a spiral when he became too cocky, too confident, and then he started you know fucking up in his personal life. I think the whole thing is it's always go for the W, and it's so it's kind of Gordon was going for. You know, he wasn't kind of thinking about what else is going on. It's just about winning. And and that's kind of what it was in the beginning when he coaches the Ducks. It's like, we're going to cheat to win. That's how we're going to do it. It's like, we can't win by, like, these guys are so terrible. We're just going to cheat. And that's the, that's the easiest way to win. And so I think that's kind of the approach that he took for his the rest of his life. So I think Riley kind of ruined his, like, mentality. Yeah. So And not just hockey, though, but, I mean, everything. And, I mean, I think he probably prevented him from going to become one of the greats or whatever because he had that shitty mentality. But, I mean, clearly it was like a downward spiral. Like something was going to happen like that DUI. Okay. So that first meeting that the first run into that Bombay and Riley have, Riley looks at the banner and says, oh, I wish they would take that one down. So obviously he remembers Gordon missing the shot and losing the entire state championship basically. But – we have Bombay over here who has obviously, as we said, flamed out his hockey career, became a lawyer. So what does Riley – Riley at that point also seems happy to see Bombay as well. So what does Riley think of Bombay at that point and what does Bombay think of Riley at that point before Bombay obviously resents him later? I think Riley's a conniving little motherfucker. Like he just – he sees Bombay and he's like, oh, yeah, this bitch. This bitch fucked up my perfect – my perfect record, you know? I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think what uh, Riley does is he probably thinks that I'm going to, you know, beat the shit out of Gordon kind of like as a, like, welcome to the league and everything like that. And he doesn't see it as really coaching against, like, his former – he sees it as kind of like he, – he might think of Gordon. Wait, his as, first thought was I'm going to beat the shit out of Gordon <laughs> Bobbe? Like, in the game, you moron. Oh, well, he didn't know he was a coach at that point. Well, he does find out like five. Well, it wasn't what like was his first thought. His first I mean, thought was like, "Hey, is that Gordon?" Yeah, that was his first thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is true. I think that's Beyond agreeable. That, before he finds out he was a coach, what was his thought? Do you have a kid or something here? <laughs> but, and then, do you want to go rewatch the movie? His, what was his third shot? His third. His thought. third thought was right after Gordon said, "No, I'm coaching." Or I guess that was a little bit flipped because he was coaching. Well, yeah, Bombay or Riley's probably thinking, okay, why is he coaching? And then Bombay's like, oh, I got to be a service co- to the community. And then and then Riley wanted to beat the shit out of him. Kevin, we're gonna turn off your mic because you're clearly <laughs> don't know what you're talking about in any of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is a complete like way out. I like, want to go back and blame this on our producer Floric for uh, trashing our last episode. And so Kevin's taking we're it out on this episode. Yeah. No, All right. There's no we off the rails. It's I'm kind of off the rails here. All right, let's regroup here All right. and just move on to another topic because obviously 
the whole Bombay Riley relationship is too big for Kevin to really grasp. <laughs> so we mentioned Riley. It's not worth winning if you can't win big, and he's got this atmosphere, and he plays a little dirty. You know, he sends McGill out after Banks. Uh, I mean, does that winning atmosphere ever turn these parents off? And like, why doesn't it? Uh, maybe there. I think we kind of established in earlier episodes that Banks' dad might not necessarily like be super involved. He's he's definitely very busy. You know, they're successful. He probably works a lot. And so I think all these kids in the Hawks, they have this mentality of, oh, we're winning, so I'm having fun. And so the, the parents say, oh, the kids are having fun because they're winning. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is kind of, some of them might think, yeah, this is kind of weird. You know, they're only 10, whatever. But, hey, they're having fun. And so I think Riley kind of puts in that warped sense of, you know, it's only worth winning. You're not here to, you know, learn about, you know, sportsmanship and, you know, um, how to be a gracious winner or, you know, a, a, a good loser or anything like that. So I think the parents are, are a little bit aloof because the kids are already kind of brainwashed into it. And I, I can't remember if this, if we talked about this on the episode that you trashed, uh, but <laughs> I, I seriously can't remember if it was okay. that one or a prior one. Uh, the turnover is so quick that it's, I, I don't know if there's ever a chance for any of the parents to, you know, to get fed up with that kind of, you know what I mean? The the seat, you know, it goes so quickly, and then their son's gone and on to the next coach or whatever. I don't know if there's enough time for that kind of stuff to build up. I think there's there's probably a, like a two two year window, I think max. But you know, Kevin brought up a good point for once. That is, it's just kind of like <laughs> if, even if they did realize something, Jeez. it was after the end of the season. So yeah, I mean, it's tough to find a kind of timeline because when he. The second like little powwow him and Bombay had, he's like, I coached you for six years, Gordon. You could have been one of the greats. So he coached him for six years. So Jesus. maybe so, so was he so, like six when he was on the team? Well, I was thinking, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he coached him later on after Bombay missed the shot. I don't know. But maybe Riley had a kid on the team that was the same age as, as uh, Bombay. So he went, he Kinda coached. Rose. With, with his kid, and then all of a sudden he just stopped at Pee Wee, or he went back to Pee Wee or something. But later on, he says at at the final game, he's like, "If you don't win this game, you're all not making the team next year." So it's obviously at least a two year cycle for these kids. But I don't like it's tough to really pin down how long Riley is coaching these kids. But we talked about Banks and a little bit. Touched on Banks. Now, does Riley know Banks is out of district? Yes, I think we've established that. He has to know. Yeah. He, even with the, like, redrawing of the lines? Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he knows everything that's going on with this program. He rules it with an iron fist. And he's very, and he says it's not worth, you know, you know, it's always go for the W, and he knows he can go for the W if he has Banks there. He Like, he sees Banks as the best player in the league, which I think is true. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, you know, someone might bring up a stink, but... I'll just squash that, which he almost successfully does. Yeah, he knows everybody. You know, he's got a hand in everything. He's got the mailbox. And even if he didn't know, I think he would, you know, fight to keep Banks for that year. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this was almost like a a malicious attempt at keeping Banks away from other teams by knowing he's in the district and keeping him on his team and making sure, like, it stayed quiet. Well, I mean, it's like whatever, like, successful 
any sport program does. If there's a talented kid, they're going to go after him and try to get him on their team. I mean, I, I think, I mean, we've established this in the past that the Hawks are, they were pretty shady because Hans wanted them to be the big team and then he wanted them to, the Ducks to be the mm-hmm. big team. So then he kind of shifted. But I, I mean, I, I definitely don't think Riley was ignorant to the fact that he was at a district. He might have had a guy that said, oh, we might need to do something to get, you know, Banks back in the fold. And he might have just, you know, tried to stay as far away from it as possible. But. Yeah, I think Riley definitely knew. All right. He had to have known. All right. I just think it's like because it seemed like that the lake was the border for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I could see it being possible that Riley just. He's coaching this league for many years. Like, why even look at the districts, though? Because the lake's always the border. And then he knows, obviously, he's got to know where Banks lives. But he would know when it was redistricted. Unless, like, Hans helped get the redistricting done kind of, like, quietly. Like, maybe he uh, kind of did it, like, making sure that, like, Riley was out of town or something, like, on business. Because, you know, obviously, Riley's got to have a, you know, 9 to 5. Oh, okay. So, Hans, I, oh, I could see it. (laughs) He probably pulls down at least six figures coaching the Hawks, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Maybe Hans just secretly did it so he could pull Banks. Yeah, well, Hans knows that Banks is, you know, the best player yeah. there. And so he's like, well, because, I mean, he's probably been thinking about getting Gordon to to coach because he saw that that uh, potential in him for, you know, years. And he saw his opportunity. It took, I think it's a long con, really, a couple of years of the making. Wait, and, so you do, th- do you think... None of the coaches in the league ever looked at the district lines, and then one day Hans like redrew the district lines, and then or it might have been the, was like, it might have hey, been very have we steady. looked at these district lines in a while? It might have been like very gradual. Oh like, yeah, just sliding it over, just yeah. like just like <laughs> yeah. two hundred fifty meters, like a year or something like, it's like that. Seventies. <laughs> well, I think something was nefarious. Something nefarious was going on for one reason because after Banks. And Jack Riley make the deal with the Pee Wee Hockey League. The agreement is that they'll redraw the district lines at the end of the year. So it seems like that this is like a big mistake that the lake's not the border anymore because they're just like, okay, fuck it, we'll just redraw the district lines. On the other hand, maybe Riley and Banks were like sliding some cash under the table to redraw those district lines. So who knows? But, it wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, obviously the Hawks probably, they have a huge dedicated fan base. And, I mean, you lose your best player and, you know, they'll probably be able to charge a lot of money for those tickets. And if the Hawks don't win the championship, I mean, what kind of revenue is that league going to lose? It's true. But also, Hans, we've established, can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think both scenarios, or all scenarios, I think we had multiple scenarios there, are possible. Okay. So let's go back to Riley and Bombay for a second. And that second little run-in they have where Riley makes one of the most iconic speeches in the entire series about you could have been one of the greats. You could have gone all the way. You're not Look at you now. You're not even a has-been. You never was. How much does that rattle Bombay? Well, like, What is Bombay thinking at that point? Like during the speech? During and after. It's got to rattle him. Of- Fucking hit him over the head with a hockey stick during. <laughs> I don't think so because he obviously isn't like rage filled. 
But I do think it gets to him, like especially at the end of the first one, he goes back to his hockey dreams as of what a twenty nine year old. Yeah, it gets to him. Yeah, I think there's a little too much truth in that speech. So, so we could also argue that Riley is responsible for the resurgence of Bombay's career. Career that lasted as a player three well, months I mean, in the minors. Well, I mean, it, it had traction, it, but then so yeah, he like he put that idea then, in know. his in his head. Well, yeah. Potentially. All right. Now, but was it for the right reasons? No, no, oh, yeah. So I mean, no, I mean, like Gordon was he? He wasn't doing it for the right. I think he was doing it because of what Riley said. Like I'm gonna prove uh, not because, you know, I, I've got to you know kind of take a, a chance while I can. And well, okay, I don't know if it was so because Bombay was kind of inspired by his team, you know, yeah, to go like go give it a shot, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't, I don't think Riley was trying to inspire Bombay. No, he wasn't. Tell- he was trying to like you know cut him yeah, down, rattle him. But yeah, I yeah. I don't know if it was like if Bombay was trying to prove something to Riley when he went. And I think went maybe when play. he did get the minors, though, he probably was thinking like, oh, well, maybe send him like cut out the headlines and send it to him <laughs> yeah. anonymously. All right. Who's a never was now. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to that final game and Riley tells McGill and Larson to take out Banks and McGill takes him out. Go to the penalty box. Riley comes over and fist pumps. And they lose that game. Does Riley face discipline? Does the league see that little fist pump? And does Riley face discipline? I think we kind of touched on this earlier. We touched on this in the deleted episode, but I think Larson squeals. Oh, oh to the league? Snap. Definitely. I could see that. Definitely a squealer. I could definitely see that. Okay. So I mean, what's the move for for Riley after this loss here? Does he just turn around next year and cut everybody? How does he come back, or does he come back? I think he's disgraced and he's done coaching in that league. As a head coach, he's done in that league. Uh, well, I, uh, for a couple years, I think he claws his way back. I mean, I think it's just he's that kind of person that would claw his way back into that league or into like another into that league. America's a very forgiving place. I don't know, not when Hans especially, is... Especially ru- with a whole new crop of parents that don't really know. Yeah, but Hans uh, knows. Well, I, although, but, again, then again, I guess... Hans knows, you know, he brings... He puts butts in the seats. You know, he puts winning teams on the ice. Yeah, I think... I think the league has to discipline him at some point. And I think this starts to, like, a little flame up. And I think Riley does move on somewhere else. I'd just like to point out that you... Kevin, in the deleted episode, you, <laughs> you had a theory that Riley was a junior varsity figure skating coach on a Navajo reservation, and now you're saying he claws his way back into the league. I'm it's sorry, America, that you missed that genius, that genius episode. I apologize, America. But it's quite a turnaround for you, who is now saying that he claws his way back into the league at some point. Well, I mean, this is kind of a different circumstance than we were talking about the other... How is it a different circumstance? I don't remember. The movie's the same. (laughs) The documentary? The documentary, yeah. It was based on fact. We're not making stuff up. Yeah. You know, Larson is obviously a squealer, and the league finds out. Yeah. I think it was under... uh, This is being taken out of context, I feel. It is not. But, no. But we'll never know. Yeah, we will never know. And 
I'm kind of glad about that. But <laughs> so okay, so Larson squeals. League reacts. Well, they they got to suspend him for some at some point. Suspend him the rest of the year. Who Riley? Year. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, you can't just put a hit on a ten year old kid. Especially, well, okay, I can see him getting away with it then, but now, hell no. Like, oh okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because the league could like bury it. Because I mean, who's gonna know besides like maybe fifteen kids? Yeah. And then, but I mean, all the coaches are gonna find out. That would be a social media explosion. Oh yeah. And so back then, Gawker I think would be all over that. I think what happens is they let him like resign quietly. Him saying like, "Oh, I want to, you know, kind of go somewhere else. I want to, I want to see if I can, you know, coach, coach figure skating, fo- or you know, <laughs> or maybe then he tries to go to the college game." And so it's it's very quiet. The real reason why he resigns is because he got the hit. And, you know, I, there's probably people in the in the, uh, in the league who know like some coaches, and they just kind of let it be. But if he tries to come back, I can imagine like Larson trying to, like, no, this is what happened, and he winds up dead. Wow! No, no, <laughs> I even completely missed that. Reason. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no, that that Larson part that that probably didn't happen. But yeah, I think he he resigns and he goes somewhere else to coach. Yeah, I mean, are we talking what out of state here? Are we just talking like mm. the city over? I think city over. I mean, maybe he just needs a change of scenery. He's obviously old. I mean, so his kids aren't going to be. No. Kevin's, Kevin's no. making a weird face about. I guess now he wants to go back to his figure skating. I think it's plausible. I don't. Kevin is flip flopping a lot here. Okay. So, one thing. So, <laughs> we, we know Riley is. He's obsessed with this Pee Wee team. And he's obsessed with winning these state championships. Like, what does Riley do outside? Of this, is he on like he can't be just a full time peewee coach, can he? I think he scouts a lot. I mean, he he definitely spends every free moment, I think, revolving around this league. He's like a scout for like a minor league. No, no, he like goes out and he finds like the Bankses, the next Bankses. Oh, and things but that like doesn't that. help explain his like livelihood. Oh, I'm sure he's like an accountant or something. Yeah, because when in the scene with Ducksworth, you know he's wearing a nice suit, and he seems to know Ducksworth. I mean, Ducksworth is That's obviously true. you know a powerful partner. He doesn't strike me as an accountant, though. But what do you think he is in like? Because like, he could he's be like like a, a, like a like a construction foreman oh. or something, you know, like a like where he's like authoritative and you know. So he's like the guy the guy who's in charge of a lot of development, and he's you know kind of buying up bits. Uh, and... I don't know if he's that successful. He seems like I don't know, somebody that nobody wants to work for. You know what I mean? Like he's he's like the asshole boss. You know? So, I don't know. But I don't think he's that successful. Maybe. I don't know. I just I'm I'm just going back to this relationship he has with Ducksworth to have like a unless like they're boyhood friends or something like yeah. that. Well, Ducksworth says that Banks' dad yeah. was an old friend of okay. his. So maybe Banks' dad pulled in Ducks or yeah. pulled in Riley. Do you think maybe some of these, um, like the parents of the of the kids, are like they they toss Riley like work and stuff like that because they know how good he is? Oh yeah, wow. That's how. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. He's buoyed. He's buoyed by the by the uh, Hawks community. Yeah, by this tradition he's built. So I mean, does he have like a family? And I don't think he could. I think. When he... the fuck would he have the time? I think he's probably divorced. Yeah, yeah. with like For a sure. kid that he never talks to. Yeah, you know, like a. A kid that's maybe he's like a meth head or something. I don't know about meth head. <laughs> For fun. <laughs> For funsies. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, what eventually happens to Riley? Like, he sees Bombay 
become this junior Goodwill Games coach, and he sees all his guys not get picked for Team USA, and he's now out of the league because of his hit on Banks in the state championship. What becomes of him? What's the, the final ending? Does he claw back in the league and just become a peewee coach? Does he go somewhere else? Does he live on Navajo reservation? What's the, what's the final ending for Jack Riley? I think he gets uh, stuck somewhere. Uh, I don't know, trying to trying to get a hockey program going in somewhere where it's not very popular. Nobody really knows who he is. But he's not very successful at it. I don't know. I think life kind of falls apart for him because the Hawks were his life, you know. And I, I just think his life kind of completely falls apart. I could see that. I could see him going to like a junior college and like spending five seasons and never finishing better than like 500 and then just maybe like dying early from a heart attack or something like that. Slapping a player and then just being like, <laughs> yeah, he, oh, he, maybe yeah. he'd go off the yeah. deep end. And I actually, he probably goes to like a college and tries to like recruit all his former players and I don't know, something like that. And then maybe there's like more scandal that follows, but maybe he's able to get all these former Hawks, the McGill's of the they league and dominate and, yeah. and just tear it up. I think he's a good enough coach to where, wherever he goes, he's going to win at least some games. Like, he might not be winning national championships or anything, but I think he's going to have a successful little coaching career. Or maybe, after the maybe, like, stuck on somewhere as, like, somebody's right-hand man, like, as an assistant, you know, and just, like, so he was never, like, a big name or anything, but he was just, he was always there, you know, so, okay. I don't know. I could see that, yeah, because it might, he might be kind of, like, blackballed really it's you know yeah. he's not going to be able to get yeah. into like a head coach especially but he knew like, enough people that somebody would you know yeah, yeah he's been coaching the hawks for 20 years he's been coaching the hawks for what 20 years yeah, yeah. and so you got to imagine a former player or two is going to be coaching somewhere Pretty and that you have to assume that every nhl head coach is a former riley player <laughs> exactly and one of them is going to be like i've got you know director of scouting or something like that because obviously he has an eye for talent that's true yeah. so maybe he like he just kind of waiting in the in the shadows and or even maybe a, an, an international team that's underrepresented poaches oh. him, you know, grabs him I to like coach that. their, like, junior team yeah. or whatever. So he's, he's actually the coach of Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that would be great. Wow. That would be a, such a better movie. That's a coup for Trinidad and Tobago. That's great. They should develop some players, like, soon, I guess, after Riley's coaching for the last 22 years, 23 years. So, Wow. Jack Riley comes through in the end. Yeah, I think after the Goodwill Games where Trinidad gets waxed by USA, Riley gets him, and then four years later, Trinidad's there. They exact their revenge. <laughs> with McGill somewhere in the stands. Wow. That's like D's. Or maybe on staff. Oh, definitely. He's like in charge of, I guess, taking yeah. hits out on the other team. <laughs> He's got the money pot for the hits. All right. A surprisingly happy ending for Coach Jack Riley. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have your thoughts on that, you know where to go. TheQuackDeck.com. You can contact us. Also, or, shout out to Gawker. In a Gawker reference. Yeah, shout out to Gawker. Gawker, if you want to interview us. Yeah. You know where to go. You can also find what us was on the Twitter at Pod. I made it, but I don't know <laughs> what it was. <laughs> you were talking about... Oh yeah, it would have gone viral. Yeah, the yeah. Hit he put, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You won't believe how hard this hockey coach hit his player, <laughs> or something like that. No, it's the hit. The, the Riley. You won't Riley. believe that kind of action this coach took out on his players. 
It'll make you sick. I'm yeah, just trying so... to come up with clickbait headlines. All right. So, Gawker, if you want to interview us at Quack Pod on Twitter, uh, the rest of you go to iTunes, give us five stars, only five stars. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack.